Welcome to the Cost of Not Paying Attention, hosted by nationally recognized speaker Janine Hamner Holman. Janine knows what it takes to attract and retain world class talent. Join her here each week on the Cost of Not Paying Attention as we use brain science, leadership, management, and real life challenges managers face to explore the places where we aren't paying attention. Welcome to The Cost of Not Paying Attention. I'm your host, Janine Hamner-Holman. Today, I am doing a very different kind of episode. This will be a solo episode and a very personal one. I'm going to be telling you some stories about myself and using them to explore how we make decisions about ourselves, other people, our lives, and then live into those stories as though they are real, as though they are the truth of the matter. If you're a frequent listener to the podcast, you may have heard me say that I am a person who has struggled with my weight my entire life. And if not, you're hearing me say it now. That's both something that is factually correct and a story. What do I mean by that? I can remember being a little kid and being chubby and feeling self-conscious. I have lost and gained a lot of weight over the course of my life. And I've been on almost every diet that you've ever heard of. I have been overweight and at a healthy weight. All of those are facts. And I have a story about what it is to be a woman in the US who struggles with her weight. There are many stereotypes about people who are overweight. We lack discipline, willpower, are sloppy, are stupid, are lazy, and that it's bad to be fat. What's worse is that by age nine, studies say that most little girls who are overweight have largely internalized negative messages around our weight. What that means is that we now agree at nine years old that we are stupid, sloppy, lazy, and bad, that we have something to be ashamed of. I can't remember exactly how old I was. I think that my little brother had been born, which means that I was more than six and a half. I don't think I was that much more than six and a half because key to the story is that there were a bunch of kids who were all in a pond together, including me. And then there were a bunch of adults who were all on the shore together, all of our parents. We were all away at this great house somewhere, <laughs> somewhere kind of in the woods. It's as much as I can really remember about the setting for this. 
What's important to know, however, about all of the kids who are in the pond is that we were skinny dipping. And which for those of you, we now, our podcast is now in 24 countries. Isn't that amazing, y'all? 24 countries. So if you're listening outside of the United States, skinny dipping means we weren't wearing our bathing suits. We weren't wearing anything. We were just naked because we were kids. We were little kids, probably somewhere around six. And we were all in the pond together. And I don't remember why, but there was a log that we wanted moved. And the easiest thing, I don't remember why I thought I should have been the person to move the log, but I did have that thought. I should be the person to move the log. The problem was if I got out of the water, the other kids could see my fat. And I was ashamed. And I was six, thereabouts. So instead, what happened was I yelled up to my mom and I said, Hey, mom, can you put on your shoes and go in the house? And, or maybe go in the house. Can you go in the house and get your shoes and come back here and move this log? There may have been some other steps to the whole process that needed to happen for my mom to be able to move the log. She didn't do any of those things and she wasn't about to. And it became one of those family jokes. Mom, can you get up and go in the house and get your shoes and come out here and move this log? But really what it's about for me is a story about being ashamed of my body when I was somewhere around six. I had internalized that my body was bad. In response to questions that have been surveyed, asking kids, essentially getting at the question of, do you like the kind of person you are? We respond negatively when we're overweight by age seven. We've gotten the message and made it mean that we are bad, less than people who are thin. I had already figured that out at six. So now we have a story about who we are. If someone laughs or happens to look in our direction, we are sure that they are laughing at us and laughing at us because we're fat. It's the lens through which we perceive ourselves in the world. Can you see it? In her seminal work, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, author and researcher Dr. Carol Dweck writes, many females have a problem, not only with stereotypes, but with other people's opinion of them in general. They trust them too much. Girls learn to trust other people's estimations of them. Boys are constantly being scolded and punished. When we observed in eighth grade classrooms, we saw the boys got eight times more criticism than girls for their conduct. Boys are also constantly calling each other slobs and morons. 
the evaluations of other people lose a lot of their power. What Dr. Dweck is pointing to in this is the drastically different ways in which cisgender boys and girls are socialized, both by their caregivers and by each other. Girls are still praised for being cute, sweet, polite, pretty, and nice. And they praise and evaluate each other for these same and similar qualities. Boys are physically aggressive and verbally aggressive with each other and joke about farts and other bodily functions and call each other names. As a result, and as a group in which, of course, there are lots of exceptions, women tend to be impacted more severely and deeply by criticism than men. Let me be clear, men are affected too. And these kinds of things impact men as well. And women, especially young girls, are significantly more likely to internalize the criticism and have it do us harm. It's like the difference between doing a bad thing and being bad. Many women and girls, including me, have in the past and maybe sometimes currently collapsed other people's criticism such that it has the potential to affect us, me, as though I am bad. Instead of a more dispassionate, observed conclusion, such as I did something that this one person might think isn't great, which would be a much healthier way to think about it. So even in the times when I'm on the more thin side of life, I still have this same story about myself. It's deep. It's ingrained. And even though I can articulate all of this with you here, and I'm very aware of it, I can't seem to change my internal narrative. Part of what that means is that I am especially sensitive to comments about weight, anyone's weight, and especially my own. It's like my own personal third rail. And it's really common for people, especially women, and especially women in the US who struggle with their weight. So now that you have the whole world of what this is, imagine that six months into my marriage, my husband said something about my weight. It really hurt me. Doesn't matter what he said. What matters to this story is what I made it mean. I made it mean that he was no longer trustworthy, that he fundamentally didn't have my back. And even though he tried to apologize and take it back, I was so deeply wounded that I couldn't trust him. So for the next three years, I had one foot out of my marriage. I never said that to anybody, but looking back, it was completely true. During every fight in the back of my mind was the question, is this going to be the end? Is this going to be what destroys our marriage? So as you can imagine, this had a huge impact 
both on the quality of my marriage and of my life. I was often angry, hurt, frustrated, and sad. I knew that I was totally in love with my husband and that I was also deeply unhappy. I pushed to get us into therapy and got busy working on figuring out my part of what was happening. Then at the end of last year, I got to spend 10 days with my parents, with whom I am very close. My mom was having a hard time then, mostly because both of her kids were having a hard time. And my mom is a champion worrier, who is the child of two extraordinary people who were also big worriers. I tell you this because I had the experience over those 10 days of getting to see what worry looks like from the outside. I had the experience of watching my mom worry about me and my brother. And I realized that that was how I was approaching my marriage with constant worry on perpetual alert, always waiting for the other shoe to drop, always wondering if this was the end. On that same trip at the end of last year, I got to have lunch with a dear friend. It was actually a very wine-filled lunch where we each drank more than half a bottle of wine. Over our boozy lunch, she was telling me that her husband has a tendency to buy her lingerie as a present, but as a present for her instead of what it actually is, a present for him. Because his plan is that the, she then put on the lingerie and some heels and prance around. We all know this husband, right? And as she was telling me this story, I thought, when was the last time I pranced around? in lingerie. It's easy for me to say, well, when I have the body that I want, then I'll get to prancing. But let's tell the truth here. Almost no woman on the face of the earth thinks that her body is perfect. And goodness knows when the day will come that I have the body that I want, probably the day after the 12th of never. So what if I decided to put down all my stories about myself and my marriage and my body? What if I decided I was in my marriage for good? What if I found some lingerie that I liked and felt good in and did some prancing? So I had a conversation with my husband about the possibility of both of us deciding that no one was leaving our marriage. And we both committed to that change of perspective. And I bought a bunch of lingerie from a store called Torrid, which has paid zero for this plug. And I'm happy to give them a big shout out. You can find them online and their clothes and lingerie are awesome. And I did me some prancing. This was six months ago. And although it's, of course, not all sunshine and unicorns, although I think we all think that that's an option for which I blame Cinderella and Snow White, because there's no such thing as happily ever after, we get to create our ever afters 
and our happiness. What if part of how we do this is by changing the stories that we have decided are true and writing a new story? My husband and I had a big fight just last night, and it felt really different. Even as I was in the midst of the fight, I also had the thought, isn't it wild how this isn't making me afraid? I'm not thinking it's the end because no one is going anywhere. So it's just a fight. And I get to help us work through it and we'll be fine, which we are. I get to work with people and organizations about the stories that we create, both the positive and the negative ones, and how strongly they affect our realities. And now I'm encouraging you. Go on a journey of discovery to find the stories that you have about your organization, partners, work, life, kids. Where are you living into the story as though it's the truth? What might be possible if you threw out that story and created a new one? And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please let me know. Leave us a review on Apple or in the show notes on my website, janinehamner.com slash blog. That's where you can leave the reviews. I don't know why it's there and not on the podcast page. There are just some things in life that never entirely make sense. So let me know if you like these solo episodes. If so, I will continue to find opportunities to create them. I am Janine Hamner-Holman, and this has been The Cost of Not Paying Attention. Remember, great leaders make great teams. Until next time. On behalf of Janine Hamner-Holman, thanks for paying attention. This has been The Cost of Not Paying Attention. Head on over to our website, www.janinehamner.com forward slash podcast for access to the show notes as well as additional resources. Remember, great leaders make great teams. I'm beginning to think I'm beginning